How would you, as best you could, say, if someone said, well, well, that's a weird word, gospel, what would you say that word means? I mean, I think you can tell me the Greek and all that uh, stuff, but it's the good good news, right? Yeah, gospel a, means good news, and the good news that Jesus Christ came to die for your sin. Eight. I think sometimes we wrap a lot of other stuff in the gospel message, but the gospel itself, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, Christ died for our sins, according to Scripture. He was buried and he rose again the third day, according to Scripture, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. Hello, everybody. Mr. Brown here with Proclaim Ministries, helping connect faith and life. This is the podcast, Connecting Faith and Life. And hopefully you've been enjoying these. And if you have, let us know. Leave us a five-star rating on whatever app or platform you watch this on. Um, because other people can find it that way, too. We got to play with the algorithms, you know. Ooh, I said the word algorithm without stuttering. But the more people like, the more people comment, other people can find it. Especially if you're on YouTube, please do the YouTube thing, like, subscribe, share with people so the algorithm can let people know that it's out there so more people can hear it because we want people to connect faith in life. So this episode is the third episode of my conversation with Pastor Travis. We did three episodes together and we want him to come back for a future one. But this episode, we talk about the gospel, the good news found in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. Christ died for our sins according to scriptures. Now he was buried and he rose again the third day according to scriptures. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. The gospel message. What is it? How do we share it? Um, how do people receive it? And we just talk about the good news of the gospel. So hope you enjoy this episode. Hope you're motivated and inspired. If you haven't trusted Christ your Savior, you can do it today. If you have, it should be the, the motivating factor for your life. And you should be going out to share that, that precious message, that precious message with others um, who need to know Jesus Christ your Savior. But hey, listen to our conversation on this episode of Connecting Faith and Life. Back with Travis, we haven't left. We just can have another conversation. So yeah. I'm not trying to pretend that we are. These are different days. We got the same clothes days on. Put the same clothes on. Same like day. <laughs> yeah. But we we have a lot to talk about. So we're this topic. We're going to be more concise this time. Yeah. We're going to talk about one topic. If we can help ourselves, it is the gospel. The gospel. The go what? what is the gospel? The gospel message and how do we share it? Yeah. Well, let me ask you too, because something like that even when we hear that word gospel and uh, what. Right there. There it is. There, there it is. is. What, uh, how would you, as best you could say, if someone said, well, well, that's a weird word, gospel, what would you say that word means? I mean, I think you can tell me the Greek and all that uh, stuff, but it's the good good news, right? Yeah, gospel a, means it, good news. And the good news that Jesus Christ came to die for your sin. Eight. I think sometimes we wrap a lot of other stuff in the gospel message, but the gospel itself, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, Christ died for our sins, according to scripture. He was buried and he rose again the third day, according to scripture, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. Yeah. That's my favorite verse to teach kids, memory verse. Oh, yeah. We got these hand motions, right? That is the gospel message. Even Paul said, this is what I proclaim to you. Uh, first important, that Christ died for our sins, right? So I think that is the gospel message. People say, what's gospel? It's, it's how you receive Christ. No, that's not the message. The message, Christ came to die. I want to share with you how to receive that, but the gospel message is Christ died for your sin. Now, we can explain more about that because why do you sure. have to die? Oh, what is sin? Yeah, but that's the message. You can write books, and there are books, and we can go deeper and deeper, but I like that you also, though, boil it down to Christ died for our sins. Um, and and even the um, you talked about sharing that with someone and that there is that message calls for a response and there is a response rather than yes. hey thanks for that that's that's encouraging to hear you know <laughs> hey thanks for sharing me that about jesus great but there is a, a response and i've 
It's been interesting. So I came to know, someone told me that Christ died for my sins, that he loved me. They used John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. And and through that, and they even used colors. Um, the wordless book colors? The wordless book. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was six years old and I heard this and I just thought, man, Jesus is a really good guy, I'd probably say. You know, I didn't, it, well, but, and he did that for me. He loved me so much. I, I want to love him back. And they, and, and so I remember being given an opportunity to trust Jesus as my savior. Um, and so even as a, a young child, of course, there was so much I didn't understand, but I could also understand love. I could understand that um, I knew what sin was, though I'd never used that word. I, I was aware enough to know that, um, that I needed forgiveness of sins. And, and so in that moment, I believe I was, I was saved. Now, the rest of my life, I'm growing and learning more and more, but the challenge I had as I got older is we, I think in ministry, I, I started kind of thinking a little, I had some negative thoughts about, well, I don't know that we should ask people to to pray or to trust Jesus with their own life. Cause, because sometimes they might think that they just pray that and then they're good. And and it's more than a prayer, right? And so, I agree with that. Cause I remember yeah. talking to some kids, uh, we did a lot of good news clubs and five day clubs in the inner city of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and led a lot of kids to, to the Lord, right? And so one of the things I did was I never felt comfortable saying, hey, you're saved. Yeah. I never wanted kids to know that they're Christians or saved because of my word, but what Christ said. So often I would ask those same kids later, are you saved? They say, yes. How do you know? What's your evidence of that? What's your proof of that? And someone say, because I prayed the prayer. What prayer was it? I don't know. And at that point, I'm like, whoa, we need to make sure you understand. It's not about a prayer. It's about trusting. That word believe, believe, I think believe means to place your faith, your trust. You're putting your weight in this truth that that Christ died for sin. So I think there's anything wrong with having people. And I try to express to them, this prayer is just you a way of expressing that you believe. It's yeah. not the words. And I've heard one pastor say, you know, pray these words. You don't make a mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so that's where, and so for a while, I'd say a lot, some of my pastor buddies too, when we were younger, we, we shied away from actually explaining what Christ did um, and articulating it. And we didn't give people really any opportunity to even put their faith in Jesus or turn their life toward Jesus to, to learn. And so I feel like I kind of swung that other side of the pendulum mm. of like, they'll just kind of come along the way. And they'll figure it out. And they'll right. figure it out. And eventually, you know, they'll just all of a sudden be saved or and now I've kind of swung back a bit the other ways I'm getting older going you know people need to hear you kind of need to ring the bell clearly to say um, this is what Christ did for us this is why and this is how we can receive Christ right. and, and and benefit and receive the grace that God offers and and so I'm just learning more and more about how to articulate it. And I guess I've been saying I think I just want to let the gospel fly, right. um, and let it loose, <laughs> let it loose, and allow God to do work because there's a lot of pressure for guys like you and me and others that sometimes give a gospel invitation at a camp or at a school. And I'm thinking uh, if I'm any good, 
then people are gonna and i think that's a false pressure oh, like we got to be like oh 12 kids came to the lord 36 oh, no. kids came to the lord it's not about that it's about letting god do his work and one of my favorite verses to use when i when i was in cef they taught us how to share the gospel and they would tell you to use a condition promise verse it's a condition and a promise in that verse like john 3 16 for gospel of the world he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him that's the condition whoever believes shall not perish but have eternal life that's the promise my favorite one is john 1 12 but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to them that believe on his name. What is condition? Believe in his name with the promise to become a child of God. And I think helping people understand that, listen, this is what Christ has done for you, but you need to receive it or reject it. People will receive Christ and be eternally saved or reject Christ and go to hell forever. Yeah. And there needs to be that point where I say, yes, I believe I received this wonderful gift or I reject this gift. There's no in between because if you're in between, you're nowhere. And I think it's important that people see that and hear that in love but yeah. let, hey here's a here is what this is god christ died for your sins and you need to do something with it right you talked about a gift and there's also uh, uh, an avenue to explain to people the gift of um what christ has done that while we were still sinners uh, christ died for us well give me the give me the verse well that one is romans 5 8. there we go so but, you do know so uh, yeah right but then let's go here romans um and now i'm uh, romans six twenty three. for the wages this, of sin is death but the gift of god yes. is eternal life in christ jesus and and so if you think about it if it's a gift the question is this though um if a gift has been purchased for you um your parents bought it you, they put it under the tree when does that gift actually become yours not just when they bought it not when they wrapped it and put your name right. on it not yours um, yet <laughs> it's not yours yet and not even when they have presented it to you you have a choice to either grab that and make it a part of your own possessions. Right, you receive and now, it. why wouldn't you? We love gifts. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is the best gift of all. But for many, they know that a gift has been presented. They know that it's out there. But each person gets to either receive that and make it a, his or her own possession and benefit from it or reject it, yes. leave it unwrapped. Oh, what a, what a, it does, doesn't an unwrapped gift, like, doesn't that just like mess with your soul? Kind of yeah. like, no, they need to be opened. I can't wait to open it. When I was in, um, when I was a kid, I bought a girl, uh, that I liked at the skating rink. I had upset her cause I couple skated with a different girl, this fifth grade <laughs> drama. So to make it up, I went and bought her, you know, what I bought her Michael Jackson earrings on the skating. Wait, rink wait, 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 Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. It was him. It was, it was, it was him on it. It was the thriller album and it was him and his white coat. But anyway, it was at the skating rink. They're really cheap. I think I paid like 10 bucks back then. That was a lot of money. And I wanted to, and I offered them to, um, this girl that I, to make up for what I'd done. And so I bought her this gift. I extended them out to her. She grabbed them and says, I don't want your gift. And then threw those Michael Jackson earrings on the ground and she skated out of my life forever. Um, and yet- the <laughs> Have way, you told Annette the story? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. And I'm, th I'm the way things worked out. But here's the deal. I extended, I purchased, they were for her, but she rejected it. And in rejecting that gift, who was she rejecting? The giver. <laughs> the giver. And so look at what she missed out on. I bet you she, <laughs> I should have grabbed those. But I, I think about that, that God has offered his son Christ, Christ Jesus. Jesus has offered his life. And for those who receive him, they are welcomed into his family. And so I guess bringing it all the way back around, don't we need to articulate that and share that with people yes. that they can respond? Because I think for many years, I just assumed that they'll they'll figure out what to do. And, and I'm like, well, no, I can lead them a bit more to say, here's what I did. 
here's what you can do um, to pray to trust Christ and then to continue. That's a whole new way of life now, right? As well. And I think I think two things. Number one, I think they need to people need to be brought to a place where hey, you receive or reject. But if you reject now, doesn't mean you can't receive later, right? Like I remember talking to a young girl. Uh, we we were the counselor for salvation after she had raised her hand in the Good News Club and talking to her, and she just did not believe she was a sinner. She did not believe that she had done anything wrong. And so at that point, is it any use for me to lead her in a prayer that she does not even have contrition to know she needs a savior? No, no. Keep coming to church. Keep coming. We're gonna keep sharing this message with you because it's the work of God. No one comes unto God unless he draws. So I just made this uh, video about um, can we trust God with the gospel? Because sometimes I feel like we we think we got to do it all. Yeah. We got a situation. We got to you know, set everything up. We got to use wise words. We got to convince people um, through all these other means and not just sharing the gospel. Let like God do his work in people. But I think we need to be there when they're ready to, to help them walk through that. And then second thing is, I think it's important to follow up with them. It's not just you pray a prayer or you trust Christ and then, okay, everything's good. Because sometimes in churches, and I'm not putting church down, I love the church, but sometimes people get saved. They may walk the aisle, get saved. The first thing we do is, let's talk about your spiritual gift. Mm-hmm. How are you going to serve in church? Hey, no, 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 stop. Let's talk about, sal- let's help you grow deep into salvation and understand this new life you have first before you start becoming an usher or whatever. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. Well, what just happened here, and, and, and to, to work with that, I remember uh, with some high school students uh, within the last couple of years, and, and I've, I've just been working on being better at presenting the gospel, letting the gospel fly, giving an opportunity for someone to respond there. And sometimes people do, and, uh, and other times people don't respond. And then now, even what does that do in my heart? But I go, but you know, Lord, I want to be faithful to present it. And I don't know what is going on in Mm -hmm. their hearts too. So I want to be faithful to at least articulate it. I did that one day in September. Um, and, and and no one at that particular time, our high school students, indicated that they had uh, trusted Christ as their Savior. But about seven months later, I was transitioning into another role of ministry. And so the, these teenagers were kind of thanking me and saying goodbye. Thanks for being our youth pastor. And this one young woman who came that day for the first time and then started coming to church every day, you know, every week since then, she came up to me and said, you know, that day back in September, she was, I became a Christian that day. Now she didn't let me know that day. And I wish she would have, that would have been great. But it just reminded me that um, let's be faithful to at least speak it, let it fly. Yes. Um, let it fly. <laughs> let it fly. And then uh, sometimes we might get to see and, and pray with someone immediately there, but you also don't know what someone is doing because God hears the prayer of their heart. Mm-hmm. And she kept coming. She asked for a Bible. And all the, you know, I remember the next week or two, but she didn't articulate it till about six or seven months later. Right. And it just reminded me, going, you know, every time, there's plenty of times I'll share it and there's no response, but I'm getting better at going, but it was, I was faithful, I was faithful yes. to at least um, throw it out there. We can trust God with the gospel. We can. We have to be faithful to preach it. And I think about Jeremiah, because you look at Jeremiah's ministry. He was supposed to preach to people. Um, they were supposed to repent. Nobody ever repented. Yeah. Was he successful? Right. Yes, because he obeyed he God. Exactly. He, he was faithful in what God called him to do. We've been given this treasure of the gospel. We need to be faithful in proclaiming the gospel. Matter of fact, uh, Colossians one twenty eight. You should look it up for me real okay, quick to I make will. sure. I'd see how bad I butcher okay. it with the different versions as we talked about last time. Sure. Um, we proclaim him, Colossians 128, um, teaching everyone. And oh, well, my, hold on. Let's see. Good. Uh, we proclaim him, teaching everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Mine has an admonishing Admonishing and teaching, and teaching yeah, everyone right. With all wisdom That we may present everyone Complete or perfect in Christ yes. <laughs> That's great So the idea is that We proclaim Jesus Christ That we want people Admonishing them Encouraging them To know Jesus Christ To teach them In the word of God That with all wisdom That we need to use wisdom To do it yeah. But that we present them complete or mature in Christ. And so we need to proclaim Jesus Christ and be faithful to that. You're right. And here's what I'm finding, and I, I admit it in my own life, and what I see in maybe many of us as Christians, is that we can understand the language of the gospel. We talk about the cross. We talk about sin. We talk about forgiveness. Um, we can understand those. We are not confident to actually speak those words to mm. others. And so we get really frozen and locked up when... If I were to say, do you understand, do you know the gospel, the good news of Jesus? And and, and many Christians are like, yes. Could you share that good news <laughs> with this person here? And, we're, and of course, there's nerves and there's different things. And we're worried about um, saying, saying the wrong right. things. Yep. Of mm-hmm. course. And I still worry that too. But I think that's why we should get a little more practice. And I've been trying to get in better practice of, well, how would I articulate that and say that to someone else? Someone uh, is actually going to do his doctorate work on this, this aspect of um, bilingual children that grow up in a home and their parents speak a different language and so uh, but they speak English as kids in school and everything they can understand their parents language but they're cautious to actually speak their parents language to Does others they say why and they and I don't know why but they say that they're they uh, they they get it it's just they're not practicing it speaking it so they can totally say say spanish they can understand spanish and even but translate if, but if you ask hey would you speak in spanish to someone else they're like oh i don't know i'm not i'm not mm. good at it and someone said that's kind of like maybe us as christians we can understand the language of the gospel but we don't feel confident that we can actually speak the language of the gospel and i think one reason is because we don't do it enough we, we so practice. so yeah. um for an example my sister-in-law i just taught her how to edit videos for our, for for us and she's been doing it and she is amazing she's She's been doing it for maybe two weeks mm-hmm. and she's showing me videos she met. I'm like, whoa, like, why? And then my wife said yesterday, because she's got practice in it. You taught her something, but she's been making videos. She's been doing it. And I think that's important to exercise that muscle of actually doing it. And I think, too, the pressure, uh, we need to take the pressure off yeah. to know God is going to do his work. Yeah. You can do the most bumbling gospel presentation. And even Paul said, when, no, Jesus, was it Jesus? Jesus said, when, they found disciples. You can tell me if I'm wrong. Some other people preaching Jesus, and he said, "If they're not, they're not, they're not. It's okay. Yeah. Long as the word of God is preached." Is that Paul or Jesus? Was, uh, you know, I think it was Jesus because they're saying, "Hey, those guys aren't with us." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And he's like, "Hey, you long know. as the gospel is preached." No, it was other people too. And Paul, okay. Paul said they were preaching out of envy. And set, oh yeah, yeah okay. Was, uh, Philippians maybe where some people were preaching and they were against Paul. They had some disagreement, and they were doing it trying to hurt him, which they is were, weird. But, <laughs> but they were preaching the gospel through Christ, and Paul was like, "Hey, as long as Jesus I'm, is preached, I'm happy." And I think <laughs> that's the thing we need understand that God will do his work. Yeah. Keep it simple. We all have sin. And I think this, when I was taught, like I don't know how you were taught to share the gospel, we always started with sin. Mm-hmm. I think we should start with sin. We should start with Genesis 1, 27, we create an image of God. Yeah. That, that before I tell somebody they're a sinner, listen, God made you yeah. in his own image. That you have value and purpose, not because of what you do, what you don't do, because who made you, that's your purpose. And we all were created in the image of God, but there's a problem. We've sinned. And that image has been marred because of sin. The things we think, say, do that displease God. All, and we know what examples of sin are. All those things mar that image. It's, we don't present ourselves what we should because sin mars that image, but also separates us from God. And there's a penalty for sin, and that's death. One day we will be set, we're already we're separated, but one day we'll be separated from God forever in a place called hell, Romans 6, 23. But God loves us. He loves us in such a way that he sent his son, Romans 5, 8, to die for our sins. 
1 Corinthians 15, 4, Christ died for our sins, according to Scripture. He was buried, rose again, third day, according to Scripture. Christ died, took our penalty. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, 2, 1, He made Him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that we may become the righteous God in Him. What do we do with that message? We must receive Him. To as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God. And it's not about what we've done, it's about what He's done, but we have to receive that wonderful gift. Yeah. I like what you just said because you started with we are a creation of God. Yes. We are created in his image. So all of us are God's creation. Mm -hmm. But you brought up something later, but we're not all God's children. Oh, you go get in trouble for that. You go get in trouble for that. I know. We're not welcomed (laughs) into his family as his child Mm -hmm. until we have received Christ. And that's that's a good point. And that's how I've learned even through – Good news clubs, and we mm-hmm. did some training with our high school last year. And I like that they're they're starting or starting a bit with, "Hey, God created you. God created and, you." And then this is how sin has destroyed um, that relationship with God, and, and it destroyed the relationship. And I like the image that the idea that it marred that image because the image still has value. Kind of like Correct. this. Here's a beautiful image of a gold piece of gold, right? But yet when mud puts on it, it doesn't devalue the the, the piece. It just covers some of the glory of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's been marred. Yeah, yeah like you yeah. said, it's been marred. It's been it's been yeah uh, distorted. Distorted, yeah, it, but it still has that value because right. it's still God made you in his own image. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And I think making sure we share the gospel that way. And you said this, and I've 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 struggled with this because I've always people say, everybody's God's child. I'm like, no, they're not. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I get the heart of it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I get the too, heart. You know, God loves all the children of the world. Of course he does. He right. does. Yet there is a distinction between yeah. um, those who are actually welcomed into his family. There's only one way, and that's through Christ. That's through Christ. And if not, we we are God's creations, but uh, not all God's he children. wants us to be his, his children. And I think of the verse, I, I don't know the point, but I think it's in First Peter where he says that we're children of the devil, that people yeah. before Christ were oh, children yeah. of the devil. That's a hard one. That's Harm, yeah, but it's but, true. Yeah. But I also love First First uh, John three one. What love the Father has lavished. That's in, in IV because I love that word lavished. Yeah, lavished. <laughs> so what what love of God? What what love? Of, what is the? <laughs> get it, get it for me. Oh, oh guess what? Though? Here's the cool I'm, thing: is that was my Bible reading this morning. Really? I was in First John three one. Is that you know cool? What love the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called the children of God, and that's who we are, and that's a prized place to be through faith in Christ. Yeah. No, and I, I just think that's the best message. And so I want to get better. I'm growing in that. And I've been in ministry for 26 years and I'm growing in boldness and that's the Holy Spirit in us and just the faith to make sure that that's the song that is played a lot. And you know, when you got a good song, uh, when you have a good song, <laughs> you just play that thing over and over. Just a new one, just a new one to you. Oh, you just man. heard about it and you just play it like umpteen times. <laughs> All the time. And so I told our church, I said, I don't, I, you know, this is the best song, the song of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. And I said, and if we're going to be a part of our church, you're going to hear this song a lot. And I don't want anybody to be there going, I've heard this one before. What do you do when a good song comes on? You go, hey, everybody. That's my jam. Quiet, quiet, man. <laughs> Turn this up. He's singing that song again. Right. And, and that's our best song. And so. And let me ask you this. And this isn't, I don't want this to sound um, judgmental by any means, but is part of the problem that some of us who preach the gospel get bored with the gospel? Could that be a problem? I think so. We we fall we get into a, a rote a kind of a, a a rhythm and maybe it gets a little lifeless because we've said it so many times. Um, I think that can happen because sometimes I feel like as I'm saying this, I'm like everybody already knows this. You They've think, heard yeah, this yeah. before. But I don't think that's actually true. There some that they're or or maybe they've heard it fifty times. But today, in the moment that they're at and their openness and God and his Holy Spirit is doing something in their heart, they're actually going to 
first time hear it yeah. and respond. So they heard it, but now they're going to hear it. Yeah, I mean, you guys have done that. <laughs> I've had kids in my youth group when they get to college and they're like, man, Trav, you never taught us this. And I'm just learning all these things. And I actually said, I did teach you those, but but you weren't ready or at a time. You have love, ears to hear. You didn't, but I love that you're learning it now from your professor. And that's amazing. Truth is, we talked about it too, but you're at the point now where you're wanting to hear it and learn it. And that reminds me of two things. Number one, my grandfather's a pastor of a church. I grew up in the church. And for some reason, he would drive around listening. We lived in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, but mm-hmm. he would drive around listening to the radio in Chicago, talk radio in Chicago. Yeah. And he often would listen to this program called Unshackled okay. um, from the Pacific Garden Mission in Chicago. And it was a radio program. And basically, it was people's testimony of how they came unshackled. Yeah. So these people tell their stories of how they were, you know, in high school, whatever, whatever the story was, how they ended up on drugs. But then throughout their whole story, they would share different times where they met different people that told them about Christ. But they didn't hear. They didn't respond. And, and, and since they rejected Christ, all these different. And finally, somebody said it. And it changed and they became unshackled, right? Yeah. And that was the whole purpose of the show. And I love that because I thought, you know what? I want to be that person, somebody on that person. I can be the first person, third person. But it doesn't matter. If I don't hear that they see unshackled here, as long as I can be along the way sharing that message, hey, I'm happy. Yeah. No. Just being part of someone's journey, whether it was the first, third, second person, whatever person told them until maybe later down in life, they finally got it. They finally heard it. If God can use me to plant that seed, somebody waters that seed, hey, praise God. Yeah, and that's being faithful. And that's being faithful to do what God has called you and allowing the results up to Him. And and I think as you and I are talking, it's interesting because you and I have the position where sometimes we have a microphone. And so sometimes the gospel can be like, well, that's what someone does from a stage. And really, the gospel is mostly preached to friends mm-hmm. and talking through and it's it's not an altar call it's a conversation and so how that's my heart is how to empower people to do that not to relegate it to those of us on the stage that that's the time when people get saved no people are are getting saved at taco bell uh, yeah. they're in the car you know hanging together that that we're ready to step into that moment and to empower people to know that god wants to do that through you in, in the, the your maybe your your friend's life and I think part of the problem or part of the thing that needs to be clarified is the role of the pastor. Yeah. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13, is it? Uh, yeah, at, like what, what 11 through 13, around there, 12, yeah, 13, yeah. that we're to equip people for the work of ministry. Right. And I get it. I admit a lot of times I'll do the work of ministry and we kind of get into that, that, that they'll do it. And so how am I equipping others? And I think and I, the second thought I had about this whole thing about getting bored with the gospel, and maybe we can figure out how to do this because it's our job to equip the saints for the work in ministry. And when it comes to sharing the gospel, can, could we create some things or spend more time teaching people about words like justification, adoption, um, reconciliation? Because that that brings another nuance into Christ die for your sins, receive and be saved. But to understand you've been reconciled, understanding what, you were an enemy of God. You were a child of the devil. Now you've been reconciled, brought back. You were not in the family. Now you've been adopted. And what that means of being adopted, you are now justified by faith in Christ. You know, those kind of things. Yeah. It To me, teaching those things. Things, helps people understand that the, the 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 multifaceted idea of salvation, not just like, hey, you got Christ died, you're saved, okay. Yeah. But there's so much in there. That word the richness. That word saved can be unpacked and it's rich. And yeah. there's a lot of things that happened in that moment. Um, for me, even more recently, as we begin to read the Bible, this weird practice of animal sacrifice that that is in the Bible, yeah. in the mm-hmm. Old Testament, that was always kind of, it is weird and odd to my ears, but learning more and more that, oh, but Christ was the lamb of God provided. And lambs were used to... Um, 
to carry people's sin and God allowed those lambs to to give their life in order to provide forgiveness. And then it, it helps under, uh, uh, just draw that connection more and more like, oh, because we don't do that anymore, by the way. You know, right. we, we don't do that in church because the perfect sacrifice was offered in Jesus Christ once and for all. And so that's even helped me see some of these tough, weird passages in the Old Testament to go, oh, but just wait. They're actually pointing to someone. To someone. Every one of those animal sacrifices, those lambs, those innocent lambs, they're actually pointing to God's lamb that is to come and that we get to live on the other side of Jesus. And he said he did come for us and he paid the price once and for all. So you're right. I just trying to, you know, never let that story get old. Yeah, and try to find new ways to approach it so it doesn't get old to us who yeah. are presented and even to the people the, the, who do the work of the ministry are the, the fellow believers. But it made me think when you said that about the lamb it made me think of tony evans and i don't know if this is the correct word if i'm saying it right lutrosis and apolutrosis uh, i don't there's some greek word he used and i don't know i'm saying probably yeah. saying it wrong but he talked about how in the old testament sometimes they would they would ceremonially place the the priest would place his hands on this a goat or a lamb whatever and they would lead it out in the out in the field somewhere out in the wilderness and then sometime it would come back yeah and so that would be like their sins coming back so they would take it and push it off a cliff <laughs> yeah i did i read something like that recently yeah I, just, I don't know why that stuck in my head yeah. but like that's fine that goat ain't coming back. <laughs> That's how far your sins have yes. been removed. It ain't it ain't coming back. And so these, back. there's there's things that help us understand a bit more of those weird things we read in the Bible, but they're not actually so weird. They're God is pointing and He's declaring through images and through symbols of of who, who Christ, you know, this Messiah is yeah. and what He does. Through Christ, I've been forgiven fully, freely, and forever. Yeah. And to 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 marinate on that truth, not just hey, you saved, you're free. Oh, let's go let's go work. No, let's let's spend some time and be like that chicken you put in the marinade for a couple yeah. days and let it just soak in because part of my struggle in my journey we can talk about our lives later but was the fact that I didn't understand salvation I didn't understand that I was truly saved and now I, I teach kids I teach them the definition of salvation salvation is being rescued from sin sin's penalty sin's power and one day the very presence of sin and I understood what it meant to be forgiven for the penalty of sin, sort of. But I still thought, oh, God's still looking out to get me. But the idea of being free from the power of sin, that as a believer, Romans chapter 6 says, I no longer, I'm no longer a slave to sin. Yeah. Talk about freedom. Like, yeah, I will still sin. But guess what? That doesn't change my identity in Christ. And then one day, to be free from the, po- the, the very presence of sin, that one day, there'll be no more sin. Yeah. That, that we'll be free from it. Period. Even around us. <laughs> I, know. I, look, I look forward to that more now uh, than I did when I was a kid. Yeah. And I thought about eternity with God. And I had a lot of questions. And is that going to be weird? It was scaring me even when I was younger. But the older I get and the more I see the pervasiveness of sin and how much it destroys yes. and kills and hurts and everything. I look forward to being out of the away from the presence of sin. And Paul, and that makes me understand Paul more now when he talked about the fact that he, to be here or to, in Philippians, to be here or to go, you know, he struggled with that. Yeah. And because to be with Christ is so much better, yeah. even though this world has what we think is a lot to offer. But man, I always just say, man, I, I didn't want Jesus to come back till I got married. I know. But I now know. that I'm married, I want to go home to be with Jesus. But I, that's not about my wife. Yeah, no, no, not at all. I remember that too. And that's yeah, it's it's uh, good. But that's also the growth and the learning that that you're doing and where you're at and where we're at of of getting more and more. I do long more and more. To be in God's presence in eternity. Um, although every day that I'm not there is another day that we get to speak the good news. Yeah. And maybe our friend and his patience is actually leading to to life for people. So let's be about his good work. Let's be about today. the gospel, which is the the good news. The good news. It's great news.
Okay, thanks again for joining us for this episode of Connecting Faith and Life. And if you enjoyed it, please let us know. But please share this with someone. Maybe you struggle with sharing the gospel with people. Um, maybe this is inspirational for you, but maybe by sharing with some other, someone else, they can hear the gospel message. Hopefully we're clear. Um, we love your feedback and we'd love for you to join the conversation. I, I think we do have, still have our, what we call a 24-hour feedback phone. We may use your voice or your question on a future episode. Just call the number 530-535-8121. That's our 24-hour feedback phone. It's just a voice message line. You call it, leave a message, and we'll get your message. Or you can leave a message somewhere else, whether it's on the podcast app or on YouTube, or visit our website, ProclaimMinistry.com. And you can always donate as well, because we need your support to continue doing these podcasts and all the other videos we do to help people connect faith and life. Thanks for joining us, and join us next time for the next edition of Connecting Faith and Life. Peace!